Yeah. yeah. But I'll slay oh, have we? for ready. Damn yeah. it. Again. <laughs> We're going to have to erase that herpes part. I think I might do this whole episode in Christopher Walken's voice. So, wow. If That's anybody has got an issue with the host, it's a good show. Uh, <laughs> it just goes to show. And uh, now she catches more fish than I do, so I've, I'm grown to regret that. That does sail. Man, I really hope I'm not overselling this. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Probably I was very, very fat. I, I mean, I was at least five pounds heavier um, then than I was now. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, you know, they you say carried it all in your face. <laughs> Whether we're elk hunting or mule deer hunting or whitetail hunting, I mean, that's that's the uh, the epicenter, the the climax of of the year, the hunting season for us, the hunting year. Yeah. Prime time. That, yeah. Can he say climax? I did. Is I that, think yeah, I can okay. say that. We, do we have to mute that? Worse, there's nothing worse than breaking your boots back out again in the spring for shed hunting or whatever it is, and they just smell like the local bowling alleys. <laughs> rented them out for <laughs> three months straight. Yeah. Uh, and then I also learned over the course of the weekend that uh, a thigh master can be an incredible upper body workout. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what I learned. Tick, tick, tick. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. No treble, did you know my milkshake brings all the boys <laughs> to the yard? Do I? <laughs> John, <laughs> Aloysius Eastburn, everybody, coming to you. Yes. This is uh, The Crave. Yeah. Yeah. We're joined here. Uh, we're, in, we're in lovely Bend, Oregon this time. Mm. According to the on map. the road. According to the maps, yeah, Google Earth and uh, Google Maps seem to have some issues uh, getting everybody here. But we got here. Yeah, we, we they didn't uh, account for all the present. snow drifts either. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking at a lot of snow. John, I haven't seen this much snow on the ground in Central Oregon for years. Yeah, years. Yeah. So, uh, in the room, we're we're with um, the the trio that is the Crave, John Eastburn, Nate Bailey, present. Jake Siegel. Uh, joining us today is uh, singer-songwriter Will Askew. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Graphic <laughs> Mostly back <laughs> <laughs> He's worked with such hits, uh, <laughs> s- such performers as uh, Beyonce. Macy Gray. Hmm. Neil Gar- Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Diamond. It's quite the eclectic resume. Oh, <laughs> also joining us is, is my brother, Heath. Hilgenberg. He's uh, he flew up from uh, Southern California, where it was about seventy-five degrees, and and uh, flew into I think it was seven. When yes, I haven't seen this much snow <laughs> since the mid-eighties in Miami. But that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Heath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we're we're fresh off of uh, a day of snowboarding. Well, a couple of us, uh, Will and Nate yeah. and I. Snowboarding's really a loose term or description. <laughs> Snowballing? <to> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like snow angels with a yeah. board strapped to my feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to call us experts is a stretch mm. by uh, well, Will, you're good. You're you're pretty see how often do you go? Um I don't go like I used to, but I probably go twelve to fifteen times a year sure. max now. Awesome. And you live um where, where are you at? Why don't you give yourself a formal introduction? Oh, a formal introduction. Yeah. What, I mean, how uh, do you like to be referred? 
What? How would you like to? Uh, how would we, how would you like us to uh, address you? <laughs> <laughs> Sir Will Duke. <laughs> Duke, yeah, Duke. I don't know if I've worked with such entertainers as Macy Gray. <laughs> I just don't need that career change though, because who knows where the hell she's at now? That's a good point. Oh, she's, yeah. uh, she's off the grid. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. That was a days. gravelly voice. She she would be interesting. Mm. But no, you no, so you do you do graphics? I do graphics, <laughs> graphics sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh yeah, so I'm in uh Vancouver, Washington now. I was in Oregon for a while. Uh not from Oregon, but moved up there. And then um met you three when we were all together at Bowtech. Mm -hmm. So I came in, you three were all there already. Yeah. Uh, Nate was working on his professional snowboard career at the time. <laughs> yes. Still working on it. So we didn't get to see him a lot. <laughs> no. Mostly because no. he was digging out. But oh, uh, Yep. I was looking for those portable shovel sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. It was a good day, though. I mean, we had fresh snow. and, and No, today was pow. was super killer good. Killer pow. Killer pow. The first yeah. guy I went, up, I went up on the lift with, and he's, you know, like, obviously we make fun of, of that type of talk. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, how you doing? He's like, oh, pretty good, man, up here from Santa Cruz. And, you know, <laughs> just looking for some freshies out here. I'm like. Is that what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, it's just, just man, just slashing the pow. <laughs> We're going up the beginner hill. <laughs> Were you oh, really? right. Yeah, that's he was right. talking like that, and he was just, you know, so. But yeah, no, that's a thing, man. We, I would say, we are in the epicenter here in 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 central, central Oregon. Central Oregon. Yeah. We're in the epicenter of of uh, what do they call them, hipsters? Yeah, yeah. So we saw a lot of uh, beards and flannels and and like saggy. Uh, Oh, man buns? Man buns. Oh, right. yeah, there was a lot of that out you there. Had, you mm -hmm. were definitely paying a lot more attention than I was. Well, you know. If there's a man I get bored up there be, on the uh, hill. Scene. You, know. you, you, you get bored? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more get spot him a mile away. <laughs> I just want to get down the hill in one piece. <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a lot it of fun. No, it was really good. I mean, it, you, the conditions were super good. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's... In this state alone, I mean, like where I live, I'm, I'm an hour from Timberline Lodge, and so um, we go to Timberline up on Mount Hood sometimes, but once it, if it was like a day like today, we'd be at Mount Hood Meadows oh, yeah. all day long. Hmm. And so uh, minus the windstorm <laughs> that you get here at Bachelor, that is quite often when you go up hmm. that Pine Martin lift, like where, where we got off Nate on the top yeah. and towards the summit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was whipping, man. It was a whiteout. You couldn't see. Jake's like, feels like Everest up here. Yeah. I was like, plant a flag. <laughs> <laughs> like we're trying to get over. It's crazy because it, yeah. you're right on this peak and it just, it just, yeah, it's brutal. So I mean, Helen Keller would make an excellent snowboarder at that. She would have had no problem. With oh that. yeah, <laughs> didn't matter. So. You honestly cannot see your feet for about probably two hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, out there. <laughs> you almost went off the the side of the. I did. The, I didn't see the that trail there, and it was a, that was you. Uh, you'd have been hitting the uh, the advanced <laughs> course. <laughs> a few more feet, you'd yeah. have been uh, <laughs> sol. And John, what did you do today? You you didn't you didn't I you just, didn't hit the slide. I just woke up actually <laughs> about a half an hour ago. Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, 38 hours of a sex-fueled <laughs> booze cruise, and it takes it out of you. It really does take it out of you. I didn't hydrate. I blame myself. 
Um, when you're on creatine, I guess you're <laughs> supposed to do something like that. But. It's amazing all those guys fit on that ship, too. <laughs> it really, really is. Well, it was on creatine. And, 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 and you wouldn't think for being, uh, you know, Crane Prairie. You know, the first annual one on Crane Prairie was <laughs> yeah. one of the local High Lakes. It was that, called the Brown Trout Brigade. That, Brigade yeah, the Brigade, yes. Yeah. Well, I was amazed with the turnout. Yeah. I mean, I really was. It was long, oh, wasn't it? I had not prepared, yeah. I'll just say that. <laughs> but I, I, I pushed through. And, uh, you know, uh, now we're here. <laughs> I don't know if we can use that, but... Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> like most of our podcasts, we'll have to <laughs> yeah. cut out most of your, your contributions. Nate'll uh, Nate be back here. <laughs> yeah. Edit. Yep. Yep. They'll be cursing you all. But no, you Sorry. were uh you went for a drive there. You were gonna go look for some sheds or Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah, yep. Um my wife and I went down to the uh the desert looking for uh deer. We normally do we try to get over there and do one or two deer counts a year and Man, I have not seen this much snow over there um, ever in a long time. The deer we did see, I mean, they were – it was rough. I'm kind of worried, actually. I, I might uh, do some more research if it's about what kind of winter kill we might have, but they are pushing mm. snow with their stomachs, and they didn't look like they were in the best of shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's rough on them, man, especially with – there's obviously – there was a bunch of ice out here, too, because you can see on all the roofs where there's six, eight inches of ice and then, like, yeah. a foot and a half of snow. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's rough. It's tough on the animals. And that's that's the lowest country around. So you to qualify, because there, people there's no think about Oregon, lower they can get. They think about yeah. black-tailed deer, but we're, we're in the desert, so we're looking we're looking at mule deer. Yes, yeah. high, high, high desert up. though. Yeah, I mean yeah, we're at what about four thousand four feet four thousand right feet. Right right yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm one elk. Um, I was taking a nap on the side of the road, and uh, and no, it was good. You know, I, I just you know I'm excited to see. Uh, Saw the you know the new regs came out Oregon regs mm-hmm. pretty solid uh, ODFW is issuing more mule deer tags um, than they ever have so that's that's great even though the declining numbers yeah. probably yeah. says yeah. that uh, that yeah. might not be the right th- move. it's a pretty good idea I figure why not yeah mm. well it broke the end of getting a tag last year let's make a non-resident money. tag yeah for four hundred and fourteen bucks wow yeah. nice work that's work. awesome yeah and it's did, fun did, to spend five did you come days. down here and kill one of our uh, <laughs> kill one of our mule deer. No, I actually spent five days running around three different areas in eastern Oregon and saw a lot of road hunters, saw a lot of... Um, Sounds like you were on the road a lot. Just getting <laughs> in and out of places, and that was the thing. It was just crazy that, you know, you just, you would we'd find these big canyons, and we'd sit up there in glass for hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours, and you wouldn't see anything. Really? So we'd hit another spot, hit another spot, and then kind of hit the lottery with the buck I ended up killing, but, I mean, it was hours and hours and days into, hmm. and before that I had seen two forked horns, and I just thought, you know what, I'm really, and I'm, you know, kind of, I like to hunt a lot, mm-hmm. and I just I just thought, you know, these regs and the different things, you know, they charge you 25, ding you 25 bucks if you don't turn in your tag, right. mm-hmm. and, you know, this all goes to research, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I know as a non-resident now, being in Vancouver, Washington, when, I was in Oregon, and things were a lot more affordable. You know, now I'm paying more out of state, and I'm paying more every year. So my price goes up every year, every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not seeing the numbers. Yeah. Like, they're saying, oh, this is good. But, mm-hmm. you know, a tag in the synopsis is, to them, is money in pocket. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge revenue source. Yep. Huge Absolutely. revenue. So I'm just kind of, you know, 
I think Jake and I were talking about a little bit today that, you know, once I, I have enough points to draw um, a quality elk tag probably in 2018. I'm skipping it this year because I'm going to go hunt somewhere else. But um, once I draw that tag, then I'm, I'm definitely going to start looking Idaho, Montana, yep. Wyoming, mm -hmm. Colorado, yep. different yeah. places. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth the money. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oregon's not friendly on the pocketbook to non-resident hunters, for sure. No. No. It's definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and talking to, you know, customers across, you know, the country, really, but New Mexico, Arizona, your tag might take you three or four years to draw, but in some of those, in some of their lesser, you know, what they would consider their lesser desirable units, <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, but, you know, you'll see, you know, you got a really good chance of killing a 330 bull in there, not the... Not the you know the the four hundred inch bull that that everybody is is after, um, which are shoot. there. Yeah, but three twenty three thirty bulls. That, yes, please. Yeah, uh, year before last, I was down in Unit Six Nine, point. Arizona, mm -hmm. and uh, this buddy of mine drew that tag, and I went down with him to call, and we passed on. We were there the whole season. We passed on at least twenty bulls that were 340 plus. Really? Because he was looking for a bull. He was wow. looking for a great bull. His wife drew the tag a few years ago, shot a 383 bull with a broken sword. Dang. And so, he, so we were after something big. Our first night there, I called in a 350 bull to 23 yards and he let it go. <laughs> and, but it was insane. And yeah. it's the same thing. Mm. You know, I mean, that's unit nine. And that took him probably 16 years to draw. But I mean, it is, like bulls like that caliber, 280, 290, 320, yeah. people don't even flinch at. They, you just, yeah. I mean, we'd have bulls coming in, and we'd look at them, and, and he'd just stand up and put his arrow away and walk away. And, it, and then I got it, hmm. you yeah. know. And as mm -hmm. a guy that went there who was filming, and so we filmed everything, and to be able to see it and not have the pressure of, it was kind of nice. Yeah. You know, to just be mm -hmm. able to just take it all in. Yeah. So I've seen that. I went, and I've hunted with him, and unit 10 unit 9 and then i went with a buddy to unit 17 and um uh what was it new mexico and that was insane too hmm. so you just you know you kind of factor in all these things and realize there's a lot of opportunities yeah and you know you think that oh i don't want to spend that money but you do spend the money in gas and stupid things that you do mm -hmm. scouting and sure. different stuff running back and forth throughout the year and you could really just put that money into a good hunt yeah. Mm -hmm. So, now that's that's a topic we could probably talk about a lot, um, as far as For out sure. of state tags and you know going out you know, western. And that's the thing. I mean, when you're you know we grew up, you grew up in the east. I grew up in the Midwest, and you know that that was always kind of the holy grail of of hunting. You know, you'd go out west, whether it be Colorado or New Mexico or <clears throat> Arizona, and go and go hunting. But um, the amount of resources that are available now as far as information to find out where those units are, you know, like, hey, you know, you don't always have to, you know, everybody knows about Unit 9, but, you know, there's a, a lot of really good areas out there to hunt. And, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you think about it, I mean, you're going to take a week off, right, a week, 10 days off, and, and go anywhere, it, most likely in the state that you live in. So, yeah, you know, I mean, why not take a day of travel and, and drive or fly to one of these destinations and, and have an amazing experience. Maybe you don't do it every year, but yeah, it's, there's a lot out there. Well, I sure. think the way that I look at it personally is you have, <clears throat> you can go on great experiences or you can just go hunt. And a lot of people just go hunt. 
That's what they do. They call their buddies. They're, oh, mm-hmm. this year we're going here. See mm-hmm. you there. Yep. And they go do the same stuff over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And probably the past seven, eight years, I've been a big fan of just opening up a map or talking to people and just going in blind. Mm-hmm. Just for the adventure of it. If you fall <clears> on your <throat> face, who cares? Yeah. You know, realistically, we can all afford <clears> steak. <throat> you know, we're, we really, you know, we're not out there for subsistence or anything. We're out there for the adventure of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. The bonus is, you know, punching that tag, but we do it with a bow. Mm-hmm. You know, some places you do it with a rifle, but mm-hmm. you pick the hardest things to do it and you condition yourself and you do these things so you can have that experience because you can always go hunt. Yeah. But yep. you'll never have a great experience mm-hmm. unless you put yourself in that situation. Yeah. And we want to have good, all those good experiences and a lot of that stuff, you know, takes place on public lands and without going too deep into it, you know, we just, we are talking a little bit about before the, uh, before we got on air here, but about uh, measure 621, bill 621 and that got shot down. So, you know, that was, so that was what proposed, you guys have helped me out a little bit, 3.3 million acres of public land that was proposed to be for sale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that got across multiple Western states. Right. Mm-hmm. Including so. your home state here in mm-hmm. Oregon. Yep. In Eastern Oregon, there's a big chunk there, mm-hmm. too. So all those great adventures that we all love to go <coughs> on, I mean, all that always takes, you know, for the most part, takes takes place on, on public land. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's cool that that's not in jeopardy right now, but we got to keep give up the good fight. Yeah. So, But definitely. realistically, too, I mean, there's a lot of statistics out there that show that there was 3.4, and my numbers might be off, but a few years ago, a handful of years ago, it was 3.4 million, you know, uh, acres that were available for public land, and now it's down to, like, a hand, you know, it's a fraction of that. And so there's a lot of these sales and stuff that go on around around you that you just don't realize that people just take for granted every it's day. It's not the big lots, sure. because it probably mm-hmm. we don't, we don't, it doesn't get the publicity that some of these other yeah you get those 400 but acres but at it's a time, getting sold just all smaller the time. tracks yeah. and especially out here in the west um you know i mean i grew up in san francisco bay area i knew nothing about anything i didn't start hunting until i was 24 mm-hmm. and so the uh until i was out of college and so you come up here and it's just like you, re- you you look at this vast expanse and you think oh this is great look at all this land but mm-hmm. the reality of it is if you were put the overlay on it this is private, this is private, this is Timberland, this is mm-hmm. this, this is this. Mm-hmm. And you can't just march through it. And then as you grow older and you realize that each tree has a value. Sure. And so there's a lot of people now where like Warehouser came in, they locked all the gates, they're charging so much per uh, person, per key to get in there, which I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and Warehouser's a, a, uh, a logging company. A big Major lo- logging company. concession. And that's mm-hmm. just right. one of many. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people go in there and, and, you know, there's a lot of wildfires mm-hmm. that cover this state, like the area that I wanted to hunt this year. And I had went over there in June and scouted, caught on fire in August and burned 45,000 acres. Doesn't, so that's timber land that's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was public land. But then... Yeah. You know, you have these other um, entities that own these this timber, and then they start locking the gates, and then people are like, "Well, that's that's our right to go in there." It's like, no, it's really private land. Yeah. You have a privilege to go in there. You don't have a right. You have a privilege to go in there. Yeah. And when the seasons are too dry and things are different, 
they're protecting their investment mm -hmm. and they don't see it that way. And once that starts burning, an investment's gone. Yeah. And so your ability to go hunt, chase a deer or do whatever you want in there, they don't care because there's millions of dollars wrapped up sure. in equity. They got to, they got to maintain, they got to look a, out for their business, business too. That's sure. Business. Yeah. You know, so, anyone know what else we have a right to and a privilege? A segment that's sweeping the nation. Would you mm. rather? Uh -huh. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so today we're mm. talking. Uh, this now this is this. Would you rather was uh, spawned directly from John's most recent fishing trip. I see the glassed over look because he doesn't realize what's coming. But um, shocking, shocking mm. right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> would you rather fill up your waders five minutes into your oh. fishing trip? Yes. Which you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> or would you rather fill them up with water by falling in the river? Or would you rather forget yeah. your polarized sunglasses on a fishing trip on a sunny day, like <laughs> midsummer? Um, going around? Oh uh, yeah, John. Why don't you okay. start since yeah, you filled yeah, your waders? With, without a doubt, you know. Granted. Now let's talk about this. Is the the, the waiter filling situation? That's a cold day. Yeah, you're cold. Yes, it's, you know, it's water winter. temperatures hovering yes. around. And it was really, it was really, you know, it, it happens. Look, it happens. Um, even to the most, you know, does that happen to you, Nate? Sturdy of, I just have sure-footed fishermen. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. It's cold, icy, the kind of morning where you got to clean the the ice off your guides like every five casts. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some would say below thirty-two degrees. I don't think it was though that day. Um, you're right, it wasn't. No. It was thirty-eight. <laughs> so I'm not certain how that was possible, but um, <laughs> steep bank. Um, did have my polarized. Really glad I brought them. Had to get to a rock. Wanted to fish this far slot of the river. Glanced at the, the, the river bottom in front of me. Um, for the majority of the part, it looked like it was three to four feet deep. I uh, didn't uh, do my due diligence, and I didn't check out the water right next to the bank. And, and I wish somebody would have been there to, to see it because it was pretty comical. I just <laughs> took like a leap of faith, and in I went in like a seven-foot channel, water over my head. It's happened. Look, yes. I'm not proud of it. But it happened. It was a cold day. <laughs> that being said. You kept fishing, though. Uh, That's how they make all those slam videos on YouTube. Polarized. Yeah. Polarized yeah. glasses every day. So you'd rather fill up your waders? Yeah. Yeah, you need, you need the roids. <laughs> the polaroids. Gotcha. Yeah. Will? I've got a really simple answer for this. Neither? Um, <laughs> I don't fish because I believe that no man can serve two masters, so I just hunt. Oh, okay. Gotcha. My fishing consists of reeling. <laughs> <laughs> so I get invited on boats. Yeah. And I sit there, and I wait for the pole to disappear and go down, and then I reel it in and hope I get it to the boat before the right. sea lion takes it. <laughs> and that's it. Well, you probably want sunglasses when you're doing that. Though. Man, I have the best sunglasses. Yeah. And they're polarized. And if I had waders, they'd be dry, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good deal. What about you, Nate? Uh, I, I got to go with the optics, too. Yeah. Got to have the sunglasses. You wouldn't uh, wouldn't be able to tolerate fishing very long on a sunny day with without some shades. Man, I got to go. No, I'd, I'd rather. Granted, the. Uh, I'm not going to fill up my waders. Man, that stinks when it's cold out. Does. That could end your e day. Either one is going to probably end your fishing trip you said you couldn't feel your, your, the, your the pedals, pedals on, your, in your car. on your car yeah, on yeah but that that, <laughs> that was at the end of the day it didn't end my day when it happened how many toenails did you lose 
Well, <laughs> he didn't you, know you because he looked at his feet. He thought Beyonce was driving his car. You can't, you can't count the ones Completely that I've lost due yeah. to uh, you know fungus. But uh, <laughs> all the skin's uh, dead. There's one, or two, there's one or two flaking off. <laughs> all right, so Will, tell us a little bit about what you do um, for the hunting and fishing industry. My um, the main thing I do is I I have a company called Hunting Graphics, and I started this company six years ago. And um, I've been, for a long time, people don't realize this, because, you know, you really don't see what people do behind the scenes. Um, people only know you because you hunt or you fish or whatever you do. You know, they see your hobbies. They don't realize that you're what you do. But I was a, I've been a graphic designer since 94 and um, started in a newspaper industry, ended up moving my way you know, up in that industry, went to work for a um, outdoor retailer as their main guy. And mm -hmm. so um, what kind of kicked all this off was, um, as I was doing this, was I got introduced to like turkey hunting. And so, which we went on a turkey hunt years ago before we yep. went to Reading. Yeah, on the way to Nate the, and the trail Jake classic and down there. The, yep. And so, um, so I had, I had kind of fell in love with this turkey hunting thing. And then so I, I started hunting with a couple guys. And then I started calling. Well, this the obsession with the calling and the hunting and different things ended up um, landed me at the Grand Nationals in Columbus, Ohio, back in 2004. For what? For, for what? For calling championships. Calling, okay, calling call. championships. Okay. Mm -hmm. 50. The best 50 callers in the country. Really? And you just picked it up? I mean, you had not been calling turkeys for I didn't even I didn't even know a turkey could gobble really yeah I went my first hunting trip with this guy he's like let's go turkey hunting I just got out of college I was like okay whatever yeah I guess mm -hmm. and so <laughs> um and then we're like out in the woods and he's calling he's making this noise and I'm like what the hell is yeah. going on here and then this bird started gobbling back and I was just like this is amazing yeah you know and then Good. we didn't get any shots but I could see the birds and how it interacted yeah and I was hooked because it was like, this is legit. This is pretty cool. Sure. So um, I didn't kill anything that year. I remember watching videos, and there was like Primos was just coming out big then and going to a couple seminars and watching these guys and learning how to call. And then my next year out, I killed two Jakes. And I was just I was hooked. Nice. Yeah. And so, um, and so I just kind of, you know, and so that was what – propelled it was I was always a designer and then I ended up at the Grand Nationals and so as I ended up at the Grand Nationals I had met a lot of people that owned outdoor businesses and mm -hmm. they're like oh you're the designer from here we need help and then I started designing stuff for them and knowing the difference between a caribou and an elk you know the difference <laughs> yeah. between this seriously it yeah. happens all the time people who are designers who just pick up a task who don't understand anything that they're working on and so people i redo mm -hmm. a lot of work sure for people and so and on that kind of on that subject something we've talked about you know outside of this conversation but uh and i'm sure you can attest to this but seeing things when like as outdoorsmen we notice things whether you're watching a movie or you see something in a magazine or in an advertisement where they like they'll they'll put obviously the marketing guy for that situation doesn't hunt or fish so they'll put like 
you know, an elk or a caribou or a, a mule deer or black. Well, they they in no a situation clue. where, like, yeah. like in an environment in that it's not supposed to be there. My, my pet right. peeve is the is yeah. the flock of geese with the mallard drake <laughs> eyeball. <laughs> well, here's you know? here's my <laughs> my, I, I, and I'm the same way. Yeah, I catch these things yeah. and like some of the stuff that some of the elements that I use, you know, now. Um, in some of these things, there's sites where you can go and you can find somebody who's illustrated like a perfect deer skull, which is my nemesis of I. Everybody calls, you know, I'd really like a deer skull in my logo. That, <laughs> no ama- shit. Amazingly, you're the first one who's ever called me with that idea. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why I'm, I'm other sure people haven't thought yeah. about this. Uh, You'll definitely capture the market. Revolutionizing <laughs> the industry. <laughs> okay. Get ready for mm-hmm. it. So Coincidentally enough, that was pretty much our request from you when we <laughs> asked you to do our logo. <laughs> so, like, do a deer skull with some hooks, uh, fishing hooks. Yeah, like, I think the answer that was happen? like, no. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and so you pull this stuff up, and here's, like, a moose, and it says elk underneath it, or deer, or buck, or something. And it's, it's totally, you know, it's crazy. And so, so I know, you know, I, I hunt, and I, I really like to hunt. And so, honestly um, – I probably work nine months out of the year so I can hunt and travel the other three. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's things like you said that you catch on. So like last week we went and watched that movie split with the kid who has the 23 different multiple personalities who kidnaps the girls. There's a scene in there, funny, which is, well, you know, and this <laughs> is coming back to this industry, you know, you're, you're really kind of ostracized for having, for being an outdoorsman. And in this theater, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching this, and my blood's kind of boiling over this because there's things that people are like, you know, you're just watching the screen. But I know advertising, and I know subliminal advertising, and I know how this stuff works. And so you're, they're being fed things, different parts. And so it comes out where this girl is a young girl, and these guys are hunting, and it's her dad and her uncle, and they're hunting. They're hunting for deer with a sawed-off shotgun, pistol grip no sights and bird shot and they're laying in a tent and they're wa- waiting for the deer to run by them and then the guy shoots this buck a white-tailed buck at about 150 yards with bird shot yeah. <laughs> and then they go down there and stand over it and then to top it off every time they get around and they're talking about hunting they're always cracking beers right so they're always cracking feed, beers feed the stereotype. and then on top of that the uncle is a child molester that's great. And it's just like, you know, I mean, there's so many things that just come out that it's like people don't realize this, but mm-hmm. I'm just looking at this as, man, it is just one thing that they just mm-hmm. pound it and pound it and pound mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. too annoying. And, but it, it's the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I was, I leaned over to my girlfriend and I was like, everything they're doing is completely yeah. illegal. Mm-hmm. This is not the way it is. But nobody catches these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see it all the time. Like you're talking about the geese. Yeah. Or different well, things or stuff, you know, or it's yeah. not even it's a, rea- a reality. 80% of the people in this country, well, probably more than that, don't hunt or fish. They don't know it anymore. No, they don't know. And so they're just, their impression mm-hmm. is right. what's in front of them. Right. And mm-hmm. that's 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 a big hurdle for us, you know, as outdoorsmen and conservationists to get over is, is that stereotype. Because it gets fed from all different angles. And... You're right, though. You notice that. You pick it up. And, and like you said, you know, you leaned over and, and told your, your, your girlfriend, and we told her wives. It's like you see something in a magazine, or you're like, that's not right. That's, not that's inaccurate. Yeah. 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 
and that's you know but that's the thing where it's kind of glamorous now to be outdoorsy you know and it's it's cliche and it's it's uh fashionable you know whatever you want to do with with that but it's um and the reality of it it's you know there's a lot of guys like yourselves and myself who you know you have this passion for the outdoors but nobody really stands up for it and so yeah. there's a lot of misinformation that gets out there. Yeah. And so with my artwork and stuff, it really ties back into having the best representative of what's out there. This is exactly what it is. And so I, like sure. I said before, I do, I redo a lot of work for people because they get it and they're like, well, we hired this place and this isn't what we want at all. Right. You know, this isn't anything that we explain to them. And it's like, well, yeah, because they don't care. Yeah. So you're a fixer. Well, they, they don't yeah. know anything about it. <laughs> I'm the yeah. fixer. You're the fixer. <laughs> yeah. So you were an artist before you were a hunter. Yes. That that's how that was the yeah. uh, the genesis. Yeah, I think I had I had uh, I had bow hunted a couple times. Um, I don't even. It's not even hunting. I don't even know why you would say it's bow hunting. It's bow hiking. <laughs> yeah. You know. Have <laughs> <laughs> a clue what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's yeah. like, you know, you're just out there doing whatever because it's just kind of fun and different. Yeah. But I always had like an idea for the outdoors. You know, mm -hmm. I always had mm -hmm. a fascination with it. Mm -hmm. And then as you get older and, um, you know, there's just things that like you online, which I try not to read very much of this stuff. And I really don't follow very many people on Facebook or anything. And, and um, you, you know, you see these things, but you read some of these things where it's like, you know, younger generations are like, oh, well, you must be this age, you know, and you must be this, and you don't get this, and you don't get that. And it's like, okay, you realize, you read these things, and then as you get older, you realize, okay, this guy's worked this job this long. He has this much vacation pay. He makes this much money. He can make these decisions. And so you're here combating with this guy because you, he doesn't meet up with your 26-year-old morals when this guy has eight weeks of vacation makes six figures a year and can go hunt anywhere in the world. Yeah. But you're going to come down dues. on him because he's put in his dues mm -hmm. because you disagree with how you would have spent your four days hunting. Sure. You know, but it's the reality is you work hard so you can do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the, that's the key of it. So that's the, in the graphics end of things. Um, I just, I do 90% uh, of the stuff that I do is, Outdoor related, um, That's fishing, awesome. hunting, mm -hmm. camping. Do you remember? Two passions in one. Then. Do you remember That's the cool. first job you got paid for? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The first job I got paid for, I designed wrapping paper for Harry and David. Really? Or you mean for as as a freelancer, uh, not as a artist? The first uh, paid job as an artist, as a as a like an on the clock artist, was mm -hmm. at the newspaper. Mm -hmm. I got hired to come in as a production artist mm -hmm. and uh, work in the in their graphics department for the uh, Medford Mail Tribune. The first freelance job that I had, which was like a year later, was I was commissioned by Harry and David to design wrapping paper. And I went to school to be an illustrator so I could draw and I can paint and I can do all these things. I just don't do them anymore. And so digital now. it's all digital now. <laughs> yeah. um, but so I designed this wrapping paper and they turned it into like full blown really wrapping paper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they paid me $200 and I, we just had a, my daughter and I took that money and I bought a vacuum cleaner. Nice. <laughs> and that was my first freelance gig. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. 
So what was your That's first cool. outdoor gig? Uh, first outdoor gig. I'm trying to think. So while you're thinking about that, think about something else. Um, <laughs> now you're talking about you know you're you you you're, you're an artist. You obviously you're an illustrator. Wh- something I was thinking about because. You know, so what was? I think you're a great person to ask about this, obviously, because you can do it both. But you came into hunting a little bit later. What do you think is harder to to master? Um, and and some of this might be, you know, it's God given. You just some people are are good artists; they just are. But was hunting harder to master than being an illustrator or you know a graphic artist? Yeah, because um, an ability to do things is a talent. Mm-hmm. Nobody is born with the talent to hunt or to fish. You put in time mm-hmm. and you invest time and you you know, you increase your gear and you learn better technologies and you, you have to apply yourself to be successful. And you have to apply yourself to be successful in anything. But there was a point when I was a child where I saw something and then I just started drawing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I saw a deer and decided <coughs> What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I see it, it's dead. You it's shall nothing, nothing die. To die. Yeah. How hard can this be? Uh, right. You know? Gosh. Which well, a lot of people have that mentality, but it's, uh, you know, and so it's just, it's kind of crazy. But I think, you know, going back to what, like, like my first thing as an outdoor artist, because I did a ton of artwork um, through my career as an artist, But the one thing that I can remember, probably the first thing that really got me going towards the hunting graphics end of things was when Cameron Haynes was coming out and he was going to start doing his own thing. And he had just written Mm -hmm. the Blacktail book, Hunting Trophy Blacktail or whatever it is. I don't have a clue. I know what it looks like. Um, So he was friends, uh, really good friends with a friend of mine. And uh, me and that, that buddy would hunt together a lot and I designed Cameron's banners and all this stuff and mm-hmm. everything, uh, tailgate wrap and all this stuff. And that was what kind of was like, mm-hmm. you know, we could do this right. because we're looking at a lot of stuff that's not good mm-hmm. and you have the talent to do it. So maybe we should do it. That's probably one of the first things I remember, but that was back in like 2002, 2003. Back there ways. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago. But I That's was cool. always a corporate artist mm-hmm. before that. But I never really thought of the outdoor industry as being, you know, viable source of income. <laughs> you know, too many people. Too many people do, I think, um, and they probably come to a pretty rude awakening, you know, when they when they're venturing down that road. So. Well, it's like anything. You know, you have to be good at what you're at. Yeah. A lot of people have tools. Yeah. I own a yeah. hammer. You don't want me building you a house. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've seen Nate work on a door. I wouldn't let him work on my door. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like you, people have, you know, skills and people have talents. And some people are really good and some people are okay. And in this industry, um, there's a lot of people that are okay. And they really push themselves as being fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of one-trick ponies. And so, realistically for me, um, when I design something, I close that page and I don't look back at it. I don't follow people that do stuff in this industry because I don't want anything to be repetitive. 
So I look at, like, my influences are snowboarding, mm -hmm. trans world, stuff like that, X Games, um, um, kind of the fitness communities, mm -hmm. different things where I'm looking at mountain biking. I love to mountain bike, downhill mountain bike. Nothing that involves pedaling uphill. <laughs> and, um, you know, coasting. Coasting. <laughs> fast coasting. Fast, yeah. Rapidly. Sometimes fast crashing. And, uh, but I look at those because I don't want to walk into a place where I see something and, I mean, you'll always see something that gives you an influence, but mm -hmm. I don't want to, for somebody to say, oh, you took that from me. Sure. And so I, that's where I really don't look at anything that's going on. When we did mm -hmm. Extreme Elk a few years ago with uh, Corey Jacobson, him and I had that magazine, and I purposely went to a store and sat down and... I think for five hours, I dug through magazines, and uh, I didn't look at anything hunting related. So I built that magazine off of um, RC Gamer or something, PC oh, right. Gamer, oh, yeah. an RC, like a remote <laughs> control car deal, yeah. and a travel magazine and something else. But I didn't look at anything hunting related because I didn't want um, magazines that are already on the shelf coming back saying, oh, you looked at our right. stuff. And then as we went through, like in our third year, I could look at hunting magazines and I could see that they were following the influence that we were kicking out yeah. mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the problem. We you know we we talk a lot about how small the industry is. Is you know, unfortunately, a lot of these industries, the manufacturers, they don't look outside into other industries for influence. You know, they look within like, oh, we know we like what they're doing, so right. let's do some of that. Right. Well, you know, then you get just just this repetitive look and feel and that's the market yeah. yeah that's the umbrella of that market <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like a deer skull on everything <laughs> you know and yeah. it works for some it worked for some things like mm -hmm. for like the bone collector mm -hmm. it was sure. brilliant oh yeah that was a huge you know I mean, everybody knows thing. that logo everybody everybody knows that logo but it's been done to death now you can find it online and in, in stock art yeah. so i mean there's there's different things but I think with everything that I do, I really do. I can, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why people look towards me is because I have the ability to always make something look different. And so when I close it, like, I mean, I had somebody call me the other day, or even tonight, at we were in town and here in Bend, mm -hmm. and we went into this place called uh, Atlas Cider. And so Todd, who was on the, uh, lift, on the lift with us today, He's looking up and he goes, oh, remember that board? And there was this big board across the top of the, uh, these beams and it had these words on it. And he goes, mm -hmm. remember that? And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, you did that artwork. <laughs> I didn't do that artwork. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you remember you did this? I sent you all the fonts and you did it and you redrew it and you did this and this. And then I put on a projector and I did this. And, and I said, I don't remember anything <laughs> because I just finished the project, closed the page. And yeah, go to the next on one. to the next thing. That brings us up to your heavy drinking. Um, you don't seem to remember much, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, talking about the industry and how it's changed, and and you know, we, John and I, and, and Nate, and, and we've all been to the the trade shows, and we've seen how over the last twenty years that the hunting and fishing industry, but mainly hunting. I mean, we we deal a little bit more in the hunting industry than fishing, and I want to get your take on fishing too, but how it has changed it's been extremely commercialized we see popular uh, uh, celebrities like eva shockey you know she's on national news talking about hunting and defending um, what she does we sh see shows like 
like Meat Eater that's on Netflix. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's a hunting show on on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we've taken you know we've we've definitely gone to a different place. Um, you know, good or bad, but how has that changed your business and how people approach you and say, hey, you know, um, you know, we we want this certain look or, you know, even more than that, are they concerned about the perception of, you know, we're a hunting in, you know, we're a hunting business, we're a hunting manufacturer, we produce this, and and it used to be, it seems like, hey, you know, we don't care, like this is what we do. It it now it seems to be like we don't want to offend somebody. Do, do you see that more often now? Like when people are asking for something, that it's there's a lot more guidelines to it. Not really. No, it's still no because um, I did uh, some work behind the scenes for a few agencies. So I designed stuff for Bushnell, Nikon, Canon Safes, Heavy Shot, you know, a lot of these places behind the scenes. And um, so those places, you know, I think they pay attention to it more, you know, because they're at an escalated level. But realistically, you know, and I think you guys know this being in this industry too, that there's more mom and pop shops than there are actual corporations that work in this industry. And the corporations are ran by corporate people, so the corporate people will work with advertising agencies, and they will pay the money to have something done right, whereas the mom-and-pop shops have spent all their money creating that one product, and they know nothing about advertising. They know nothing about marketing. They know nothing mm -hmm. at all. And in their mind, it's like, you know what? I voted for Trump. Everybody else can kiss my ass. So <laughs> this is what I want. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll make that. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Pay your bills. Yeah. And yeah. so... You know, I mean, realistically, that's what it comes down to is where you really don't see that other end of it. And when you do deal with the corporate end of stuff, then you realize, um, in my mind, that there's such a disconnect between the product and the people that are pushing the product. Your sure. marketing directors do not use the product. They don't understand the product. They don't mm -hmm. know anything that's going out there. You talk with the guys that are paying the bills. And I've worked in a corporate industry for years. And you realize there's a guy who's only concerned about a decimal point mm -hmm. and he's not concerned like with the mom and pops person that wants to make sure that when you buy this, I want to make sure you're happy. And if you're not happy, I'm going to do everything I can mm -hmm. where sure. it's all about decimal points over here. So there's such a crazy difference to it. Yeah. Or a decibel. Yeah. Yeah. Decibel. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So given the choice, you have a magic wand and you can, wave that magic wand mm -hmm. knowing what you know and doing what you do what would be the ultimate promotion that you would create today to usher forward what it is you feel that's most important I think I'm talking about like the hunting industry or sure. anything in particular you know so I mean there's I think, I mean, if I could wave a magic wand right now in this second, it would have nothing to do with anything that is we're talking about right now. Okay. It would have everything to do about um, common sense. Tell me more. You know, common sense about people understanding uh, better politics, understanding what's going on outside your door, not being so liberal about things, and absolutely understanding before they jump on these bandwagons because we have people in our lives at home 
that will sit there and fight with you tooth and nail, and they have zero factual content. And it's, mm -hmm. it's annoying. And so, I mean, realistically, if I could, if I could wave a wand over anything, it would be over the media. True story. And it would be over the media, and we'd get rid of everybody that's in there now, and you would have people who actually broadcast the news, and they don't come out, and they don't try and sell drama as a day-to-day a day life, and mm -hmm. they sell the news. And yeah. people go back to being ratings. who they are. And it's all about ratings. Yeah. And they go back to being who they were, and they're respectful, and they know how to talk to people and not you know, be a dick. And they're respectful to their elders, and they help people out, and they pick up trash, and they do things, stuff you just don't see. That is exactly the wand that I would swing today. It would have mm. nothing to do. If that happened, I'd be super happy. Change the world, right? Yeah. yeah. And no one would yeah. know. And I'd just be sitting at home with this freaking <laughs> wand. And then my next stroke would be I'd win the lottery. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, the first was less... Self-serving. So yeah, self-serving. But now that that's fixed. <laughs> now that we got the world yeah. fixed, I'm taking care of me. I'm taking it. And I'm going to build the biggest shop and go on the Crane Prairie. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. You'll be hunting your But that man. is exactly how it be. Yeah. I mean, it is so... From coming from... I, I started that. my I art it. career in a news organization. And when I worked at the newspaper... Um, you know, so I didn't know a lot about free press, and I had to learn about free press. So I worked as an artist during the day, and at night I would go back and I would work as free press. And so um, now everything's automated, paginated. And back then it was cut and paste. So you would cut it, they'd run it out on film, run it through a waxer, you'd put it up on boards that were as big as the paper. And you'd, you'd roll it down. And so as you're putting this paper together, and then they would go and they'd shoot film of it, and then that would make the, the paper. As you're putting this together, you're reading these stories. And um, you're reading these stories, and then we had um, printers that would kick out stories from Associated Press. When I left that newspaper, I worked there for five years. When I left that newspaper, I didn't watch the news or read the news for probably seven years because of all the things that I saw mm -hmm. and all the things that we would not print. Really? And you realized what a jacked up world oh, yeah. we lived in. Hmm. Yeah. This was news. Yeah. So they, you know, they well, you look at it today. This. Look at it today. Then. Oh, I know. This yeah. was in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and, and today, at the day, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't read the newspaper. Yeah. I still have a hard time reading the newspaper because mm -hmm. I just, you know, when you walk around, you see things and... You have fake news today. Acknowledged fake news, right? Yeah, yeah. You you have social media and it's full of it. Well, it's not that. It's it's people have an agenda, right? And the yeah. only way to push this agenda is to get it in people's faces, and that yeah. comes on at five o'clock and six o'clock and seven o'clock, and well, then it's new, here. News and here. is less than than it was back then. I mean, news was news back then. Right? News was news. It was fact checked. Yeah. Right. You had at least two sources. All that. Today, it's run with it. You just go. Well, here's the yeah. thing, and you it's realize about viewers. This. Yeah. If I get followers, okay. viewers. Right. Here's the thing headline, too. Right. Retweeters. Back all then, that. like when when I started my career in the newspaper industry, it was an interview. So me and Nate, yeah, yeah I'm the reporter, and I go up to Nate and I'd say, you know, I heard you can't fix a door that's creepy. <laughs> and we would have, yeah, yeah, you know, 
And so we would have this conversation. And now anything you turn on and watch, it's, oh, this person tweeted this, and this person tweeted, there's no fact check. They yeah. run with it as gospel. You can't get to, you can't there's get to no the source. There's no one-on-one. You can't get to the bottom the, of the And source. it's like, well, you know what? We disproved that. Yeah. There's none of that. It's, oh, we read this here. Mm-hmm. So there you have a room full of people yeah. that are looking for garbage. There's nobody who, mm-hmm. the reporter that's out there, you know, taking shorthand and learning these things and learning mm-hmm. the facts and writing that story that may be hard to write, but at the end it has a good mm-hmm. ending. Yeah. Right now it's, you know what, let's bury it. Yeah. And let's yeah. do this and let's do this. And, oh, you said this. But mm-hmm. Let's bury Nate. There's never any retractions. Yeah. We're going to get somebody can fix the door. <laughs> And, but it's I'll it's, pitch cra- it's a weird weird world. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you look at like at subjects that we're talking about. You know, in the life that we live in the hunting and fishing industry, which is already under a very skewed uh, observation, and it, you know, it's pitched by. And again, you know, like you said, every everybody has an agenda, and it all runs to the top. And if that you know that person or or that those people, you know. Th- They'll spin it any way you want. You know, we're already behind the eight ball as far as our perception. It's just like the movie you talked about. You know, everything out coming out of Hollywood is, you know, if you see if there's a hunting or fishing, you know, portrayal, it's usually portrayed the way you talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, guys. It's hunting. not in a positive light. No. And it, you know, and it, it all started years ago, like with the whole Bambi thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it really started a lot of these things. And it started wait, wait. These Did you see that movie yet, John? We don't want to, no spoilers here. Um, <laughs> Nobody was on a boat. Refrain, yeah. refrain uh, from any, any, any details <laughs> if you can. You can let it go. It's a Disney film. She died. Disney? <laughs> she died, John. Sorry, she died. But there's, but there's things. Open season, that's a bad one. That was a, that's a more recent one. And that yeah. one's really bad. Yeah, open Stereotypes, season, that's a good open example. Season. Open season. Yeah, yeah another, another animated movie. You know, animated. Yeah, it's within the last five, six years. Followed the deer around a lot, a lot like what you were talking about. Very stereotypical, you know. Well, I mean, it just leans more towards a political agenda. Yes. Would you say mm-hmm. that? Yes, it does. Undertones. Well, there's a lot, you know, and I think yeah. we just saw this and with, you know, the election recently. Mm-hmm. There was one. And uh, there was one. And that's the thing, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, where you realize that people take things for face value. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I am, I'm not some political scholar in any means. Mm-hmm. I just pay attention to things mm-hmm. that go on. Mm-hmm. And there's everybody takes things at face value. Mm-hmm. And this is it. it. It's one page. I'm not going to dig back to page three or page four. Well, just look at the, just look at the, 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 the topics that were discussed on all the debates. It was so superficial. Mm-hmm. It was so first page and nothing else i mean did any of those candidates and you know whoever you voted for it doesn't matter because matter. none of them dug into anything deeper than the first page no people Joe! Wanted to f- <laughs> <Jeb>. yeah <laughs> people wanted to see a fist fight because yeah. that's the day and age that we live yeah because everybody's right. pissed off and you angry. know and that's it you know and, it, and that's the thing you know like we were talking about hunting and stuff earlier and and you know, you know what i feel like right now i feel like today when I was going down the ski hill and I was going towards that huge powder and I'm like, I know I shouldn't go down there, but I can't move my board. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's where this conversation is going right yeah. now. I was going to say, this is a giant rabid squirrel we're chasing right now. No, yeah. it's really simple. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were talking about this earlier where, you know, ideally, like we were talking about this, how you just, you know, we all like to hunt mm-hmm. and it's not about, who kills the biggest thing or what does this or what does that 
It's all about being around the right people and sharing that time and making sure that people are successful. That's it. Mm-hmm. Even if Jake did, can't doesn't know how to turn a snowboard. <laughs> so, you Ish. know, but there's different things that it's like that's what it really comes to. At the end of the day, you really got to pick your belt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are picking too many things that just are getting them mm-hmm. just off topic on anything. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to have a conversation with anybody anymore recently. Well, you have to be very measured in, in your conversation. That's what's difficult is you, you have to tiptoe around all these subject matters, which is ridiculous. When we all, most of us grew up, you didn't, talk to, you didn't talk about a couple things at the dinner table. Religion and, yeah, and politics. And, politics. Mm-hmm. and there was a good reason for it because it was so... Um, Polarizing. Yeah, it was. It was mm-hmm. polarizing. It was, it was sensational. It was, it was driven by mm-hmm. uh, belief, in, and that's why you didn't. But today, with mm-hmm. with social media and everything else that goes along with it, now those dinner conversations are off the table, and that becomes the social media conversation. And that's mm-hmm. what's really hard about it, because when you try to have a, a serious conversation about it, you can't. Because everybody's so off the tracks yeah. with any kind of reason mm-hmm. right. with it. And that goes towards what you guys are talking about today, which is even in, in hunting and fishing and everything that goes on outdoors, it becomes so polarizing with mm-hmm. what's good and what's not good. What, what's the good use for the land? What's the good use for the, the spoils? Everything that goes along with that. It, it, it becomes so polarizing Versus having a reasonable conversation, and that's what's really tough because it, in today's world, it it's so uh, people get so emotional about it. Yeah. When they don't even know the people that are involved, it's yeah. it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know this. I don't know that. But because you're on this side of the fence, immediately I'm going to have an issue with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's and what it's, becomes and it's really because, tough. Because they see that you're, you know, and that's the weird thing, too, is it's like somebody can go fishing and people applaud them, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. somebody goes hunting and it's like, oh, oh no. yeah. I evil. can't believe you went and you're did evil, that. You're evil, right? Yeah. Yeah. You well, know? you know what else is interesting, too, and, and this, I was listening to a different podcast and they were talking about that as far as, you know, if... Uh, you polled people, you polled Americans, and, and you asked them, do you support the right to uh, hunt? And you would get a good majority of people saying, yeah, you know, yes. But if you got more specific, yeah. it said, do you, uh, yeah, do you support the, uh, the hunting of elk or bears or deer? Yeah, you know? yeah, and then it starts to get that yeah. those people start to you say, well, down. Right. dial it down. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the same thing, you know, you look at political issues. Do you like support that. hunting chickens? No. Do you mean chicken? Erroneous. <laughs> yes. You, but but it, that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the devil's mm-hmm. in the details. It and, is. And that's, I think, what becomes so ridiculous when you see these movements that go on out there today that get people so emotionally charged about beliefs. Mm-hmm. They don't. They aren't aware of the facts. They they just just get behind the belief mm-hmm. versus getting getting smart about what the real the real realism of it is well and you look at the the world we live in as far as social media and 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 everybody has a very short attention span and you know if i believe in something i can find thousands of people that agree with me in an instant Oh sure you can and all that doesn't that doesn't do anything for the conversation that doesn't do anything save the sheep yep 
I mean, it, it's, it's a rabbit. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it, it doesn't do anything. Well, all you I get is an affirmation, and yeah. you, you don't have any serious point counterpoints. You gather your forces behind you to get right. sure. We talked about that with yeah. uh, who we were talking about today, as far as being someone being very close minded, and it's you know like hey, you know this is what I believe in, and you know if you don't agree with me, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna defriend you on all my social. Oh yeah, you know, and, and it's it, unfortunately you know that's that's the America we're kind of creating right now. And the reality of it is, yeah. is see ya. Yeah. You yeah. Know? What do you really? You just saved me, you know, a couple of Advil. So, <laughs> well, it's about are you an adult or not? Yeah, you know. And so but if that's you're going to be so to. sensitive to go, oh my God, Take your because you're against alone. this, I can't be friends with you. Right. What happened to the reality of a great conversation mm-hmm. where you say, you know what, I, I understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. and I don't agree with it, but we're still going to hang out together? Mm-hmm. That's what's went out the wayside. It, it really has. People have, have gotten to the point where it's like, you don't agree with I, with what I agree with, so F you yeah. and you're out of my world mm-hmm. versus saying, you know, I get what you're saying. I yeah, don't agree I respect with it. your opinion. Yeah, I agree with it, yeah. and we're going to butt heads, but we're at the end of the day, we're going to hang out together. Yeah. People have gotten so on the opposite end of that wayside. Yeah, there's no gray. We're there, there, we're there going, if you, don't, if you don't agree with what I agree with, I'm burning your house down. Yeah. That's where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I live near Portland. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> Seattle, right? So I mean, that's one of the... And if I know. Facebook Live, me burning your house down, you know how many followers look, I'm look what they, oh, look what they just, just did at, in, in uh, Northern California, right? At... at uh, oh, Berkeley. Berkeley. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bastion of free speech, right? Yeah. If you don't agree with People's what we park. agree with, yeah. we're burning your shit down. Yeah. People's Park back in the 60s and 70s. It's and that crazy. was the epicenter of uh, Yeah, it was the, it was the opposite side of the spectrum, there. right? And I remember it was being a free teenager was... walking through People's Park and just really? looking around and just thinking, this is where a lot of this mm-hmm. segregation and all that, this is, these, I'm standing on the streets where this happened. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I knew nothing about, it, but I knew. That. And now and they, got, that they, that they went to the other end of the spectrum, right? Oh yeah. Where it, unless you believe what we believe in, unless you mm-hmm. speak what we speak, you are against us, mm-hmm. and we are not going to allow you to speak it. So where does that stem? I mean, does it stem from our political leaders? I mean, no, it stems from no, it stems from, from spoiled, friggin' lifestyle it's a, it's, it's belief a system, sense of entitlement. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. These people. A lot of them, you know, it's it's just it's down. It's just pure ignorance. Well, you know, you talk about you allow the mindset to fall into only what you believe, and you don't tolerate anything outside. Mm -hmm. So if it fits into my mindset, if it fits into my uh, politics, Mm -hmm. then great. If it doesn't, then you're against me, and I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna be vicious. And it's different now when, you know, you talked about, you know, getting around the dinner table and there was things when we were growing up that you didn't, you talk, didn't talk about. about right? right. And But there was also part of that was a hierarchy of respect. Like, I respect mom and dad. You know, what they say, I'm going to listen to what they say. I maybe don't agree with it necessarily right now, but I'm going to listen to it. And when I am mature enough to voice my opinion, then we'll have that conversation. But right now, like you said, 
it is to a point where, again, with social media, where you can find this this group of people that agree with you, that that respect has gone out the window. And you know what? I don't care what you say, mom and dad. This is what I believe in, and 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 this is what this it is what I think. It doesn't have to be mom and dad. And this was the conversation that we mm-hmm. had before too. Was um, it doesn't have to be mom and dad. It's somebody who doesn't agree with your opinion. It could be somebody who is. Um, close to you, close to somebody else, and it's just a blatant lack of respect for anything where any of us would never walk into somebody's home and blatantly disrespect them, choose things to be a certain way. You just, you as a good human being, you say, you know what, that's your opinion, and that's fine, and I'm here as a guest, and mm-hmm. you know what, that, thank you. And I, I don't so, pretend to think I know everybody's politics here, but I get pretty good vibe. <laughs> Um, but but the whole thing being that if you'd if you'd step up against our current president like some of these groups are, and you stepped up against our previous president like some of these groups are, the response would be com- uh, completely and utterly different. Mm-hmm. If, if you would if you would step up against our our previous president and talk about killing him or ousting him or impeaching him or uh, being so unbelievably against anyone he's put forward to lead his cabinet um, versus what they're facing today it's 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 night and day i mean it's unbelievably night and day Mm -hmm. as far as how that's dealt with Mm -hmm. And and I think that's that's what we're we're dealing with today in the difficulty that we're dealing with today. Well, and you know, as far as that, how that kind of comes full circle to hunting and fishing, you know, in our industry and what we believe in, we deal with the same stuff. You know, we have to. How many times do do you feel as a converse, uh, con, uh, conservationist that you have to take the higher road? You're always trying to take mm-hmm. the higher road, right? You know, I mean, and and I'm not relating this to any current or former presidency, but we looked, we are always playing, I don't want to say we're always playing defense, but we are always put in a position where we're defending what we do, right? We you really are. Right. We, we are <clears throat> always playing defense. Right. And it, can, it, can and, go and it back comes to, to education. You know, just simple things. It, and it, it's lack of education. It's the lack of education. It's you the and lack I were talking of education. About this. It's the promotion of emotion mm-hmm. is all it is. When the Cecil the Lion thing came out, mm-hmm. that was a perfect example of people. You know, they, they, they anti-hunting rose up. Anti-hunting right? rose because it's like, oh, he killed this. He did this. We got this photo op, so we're gonna throw and this. And it's like the reality goes right back to what you were talking about, what you guys are both talking about, as far as clicks and impressions and sure, what, what that, that game it's great, so easy. great. But no the, but sustenance. the reality of it was is when they came out as oh he did this and he did this illegally and on and on. And I'm sitting there, you know, and like somebody brought this up to my attention. Like, I can't believe that this hunter did this. I said, why in the world would you spend that much money and your reputation and everything to go to Africa and kill something illegally when you can do it out your back door? So why would you go there and do this? And the reality of it is, is a lot of these things that people don't see is 
you know, I mean, they threatened to burn his house down, mm-hmm. destroy his business. They spray painted his garage. They did all this stuff. The guy disappeared off the face of the map. Everything was in order. When all this stuff was going down, it was national news. When it came out that where it was, it was Zimbabwe or whatever it was, yeah. wherever <laughs> that came out when they said, we know nothing about this, there's no files charge, every permit was in place, mm-hmm. they never mm-hmm. mentioned it. No. Because yeah. it just got squashed, sure. and then they're off to the next great thing. Right. And yeah. so, but the reality of this is, is people don't realize that as hunters, mm-hmm. you know, we are the best conservationists. Yep. They want to make their money on their end too, sure. which I understand. I totally, I, I, I'm not anti. But the antis aren't entre- making money. Entrepreneurial. The people that, that went over, the, all the people that are in Africa that are doing these things, they don't have the resources to pay a veterinarian, to pay a oh, biologist. Totally. To pay for trucks, totally. to pay for motorcycles. But look at look at what we're, look at what we're feeding into in the, those particular money. areas. Look at what we're contributing in, into the economies of those areas yeah, huge. and those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah. I just did a brochure for a guy um, at, that was at the Dallas Safari Club. One animal was thirty thousand dollars. Absolutely. One look animal what that does that brings in jobs that are. That, yeah. you know, they build these uh, places for them to stay that covers all their gas, their food, their lodging, mm-hmm. the animal care. The, the villagers don't have work. It brings work in for them. Absolutely. They bring hunters in. The hunters kill the meat. You don't bring that meat home. No, that meat goes the back there to the yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Everything, the tourist dollars. If you bring a spouse, mm-hmm. your spouse has to pay. So that helps mm-hmm. keep no, people employed. Totally. There's mm-hmm. such a bigger... Um, umbrella to this but that's not that the word he, that, but, that's but not the it's word not that drama no that's reality yeah. the drama yeah, it doesn't is, get that doesn't get headlines that's no wrong. because it's not it's not crazy it doesn't bleed it doesn't lead right <laughs> that's how it goes. in our case technically if it does bleed yes does but that's the, always it, if it doesn't bleed it generally doesn't lead <laughs> the word <laughs> goes the other way too <laughs> so we've, we've john's that's not good stuff that's good stuff no it is i mean you know hey when you got all stars on your team, you feed them the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, I've been told you're more of a shooter. He is. Uh, a, he's a gunner. He's a gunner. Well, uh, great. I mean, that's great material. I mean, we talk about the ninety percent shot you don't take. So yeah, we talked about the the ninety percent of your business will uh, being in the outdoor industry. Did you want to speak to the the ten percent that being uh, the male modeling community and the work you've done there? Well, there's a lot of glitter involved. <laughs> a lot. It's kind of tough. Um, I really, you know, I was surprised that you didn't use the brochures and the invitations I made for your bachelor party. So <laughs> I was really surprised. So what's your, what's your body oil of choice? Uh, SPF four. Okay. <laughs> I do, man. Vacation. It's all about banana hut. Well, you, you <laughs> yeah. so you know, nobody. You might as well just put olive oil on it, you know, and just get out in the sun. For everybody yeah. that's listening. Will hails from the uh, the islands of Hawaii, so uh, family does. Your family does, but yeah. your complexion definitely does. Yeah. So, um, th- what I was going to ask you though, as far as you know, we're talking about your work and, and as f- a little bit of the lighter side of things. Do you have a mulligan? Do you have one of those? Do you have a piece out there, you know, a piece of art that you're like, man, I would have done that differently, or I'd like to get that back. You know, I know you always shut the you shut the page and you, know, you turn the page and you're onward. But is there is there something out there that you're just like, man, that I, w- I would like to have done that. I think differently. with anything that you do, 
the more you do it, and anybody can do this, you can do something you've done in your job, put it in an envelope and seal it away. Go back and look at it three to five years later, and you're just like, I did that? Mm. <laughs> With anything you do. Anybody yeah. who designs these bows or guns or rifles, mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. always advances. And as long as you're staying with it, you're always advancing with it, too. So, like, I look at – there's stuff that I look at that I created for the newspaper that I still mm -hmm. am impressed that I did. Right. But there is stuff that I've done that it's just like, man, you know, because your wheels are clicking faster mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's always something. Mulligan-wise, I don't know. I mean, I would have to I, – I really honestly don't. And it sounds weird. I don't keep track of the stuff that I do. So when mm -hmm. people call me and they're like, hey, I need this. So when then I go through the files and I look at it. Hmm. But I just, you know, it's not like I. Th there are things on my wall mm -hmm. that I, I've done. Um, years ago, I did a art contest for Muse, the band. Mm -hmm. oh, I remember that, yeah. And uh, out of 1,000 entries, I made top 10. And so got to meet the band, do that. Cool. And so I have that poster um, in my office. And then the other thing I did that I have framed that's in there was uh, growing up, I was a huge Devo fan. Huge Devo mm -hmm. fan. You're, you're big 80s. Yeah, 80s music, rock. 80s yeah, yeah. Rock new guy. wave. Yep. So uh, <laughs> in 2010, um, they had a national art contest for uh, totally devoted was the, was the theme. <laughs> And so uh, I can't remember how many they had, but I won first place in the nation. Oh, cool. And so I got That's to awesome. go to the concert, meet the band, do all the stuff, everything. Awesome. So I have that, and everybody signed. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Mark Mothersbaugh is a big artist. Yeah. And he, he is an artist. He's right? an artist, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I designed two posters, and I got to meet him, and he's looking at the posters, and he goes, I will buy these from you right now. Really? I said, oh, that's awesome. No way. I said, I've waited 30 years to meet you. Yeah. No way. And they <laughs> signed gave, both of them. You gave it to him. Huh? You gave it to him? No, hell no. I haven't signed it. <laughs> so, I was Get like, your grubby paws <laughs> off my post. So, but it was <laughs> crazy because I have, I have both of them yeah. and I have it signed and there's one framed in my, in my office oh, and it's oh, the right. actual one that I won with. Yeah. And it has my backstage wristband and my concert ticket. That's awesome. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, like two years after that, three years after that was mm -hmm. when one of them uh, passed away. Mm. Bob Two. Pull one out. <laughs> you, so you, you're a big music guy. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. You you love music. You love you love all the genres of music for the most part, right? For the most part. Yeah. Mostly Devo. Who? Probably. So if you if you had one, I mean, if you had that one concert to go to. Devo. The one concert. I have a good concert do we go, story. Do, do, we go, do we go dead or alive on this? I think we I go would. dead or alive. I would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dead or alive. Yeah, most definitely. Dead or alive. Oh. Well, I don't know. Um, mm. I think... He just turned it down. <laughs> I have a good concert story. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, one of my biggest <laughs> um, music icons growing up was Talking Heads, David Byrne. Oh, oh, great, boy. great, huge, fan. huge great. fan. John has you no idea. Stick me to the river. <laughs> Let it rip, man. Oh, maybe I stand corrected. He does. Back at you. <laughs> so uh, a few years ago, he came to he came to Portland, and so I was, you know, I called my girlfriend and I was like, I just saw it, and I was like, uh, David Burns in town. I'm going to this concert. 
And so I jumped on Craigslist and I bought a ticket. Looked at you know, and this guy had this ticket and it was like ninety bucks. And I was like, man, you know, he doesn't tour much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to this. And so um, called the guy, got everything set up, went downtown. It was at the Arlene Snitzer in in Portland. I go down there, I send him a text message. I'm like, hey, I'm in front. Where you at? And he sends me a text message back that says, sorry, can't make it. Good luck getting in. And so, and the seat was, it was a pretty decent seat. Mm -hmm. So I remember I walked back to my truck and then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I saw a guy with an envelope, a manila envelope under his arm (laughs) by the door. I bet he's selling tickets. Or drugs. And so, um, I was hoping for tickets. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> but I'd have taken either one. Or drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go back up there and I just point at him and he's just kind of this older hippie dude. Yeah. Like shooter McGavin. <laughs> and so, uh, Suck on I that said, baby. are you selling yeah. tickets? And he goes, what do you want? I said, I want a good seat. And so the After other guy, you already paid for your, no, I didn't pay for it. I was oh. meeting him there. I was going to pay him $90 for the seat. And so the guy goes, what do you want? And I go, something good. And he looks in his, little bag of tricks there and he pulls his ticket out and he goes okay 40 bucks and so he hands me the ticket and i don't look at it you know i just go inside mm-hmm. you just want to go to the usher point. yeah she oh, okay go see her so i'm mm-hmm. walking down okay go see her walking down okay follow me second row dead center oh it's 40, oh. Bucks. <laughs> 40 bucks 40 bucks 40 i was from me to jake i was about eight feet from him That's and awesome. i watched and i was thinking this guy's a legend mm. and he was on tour with saint vincent and so they, they had come out with a, um, a uh, CD together, and she was a younger girl, and he lives in Texas somewhere uh, part of the time, and she was like a, a coffee house artist. Hmm. And he got hmm. to know her, and they made an album together. And so they were on tour together, so they did a few of their songs, and yeah. then they came out, and then they had like this crazy horn section, and then they did a bunch of talking head stuff. Mm. Nice. It was insane. Dude, that would have been sweet. So, yeah, it was that was that definitely made. So that, that would it. be my. That was your, your and one Macy Gray it. cover. One Macy Gray. She only had like half a song. Yeah, it wasn't much. Hey guys, no. Uh, we're 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 getting close. Yeah, absolutely. It's been like three hours. It seems so. like it's been. What, what are we? Hour and fifteen. Hour fifteen. All right. Um, okay. Sure. Not bad. Our one listener is still probably <laughs> tuning in, so unfortunately, Nate's great. It's time to say goodbye. On that, on that, that political rant. Right? Yeah, no, that was. That I thought was, you guys were shut down already. No, no, we're still we're no, still we, rolling. We were. We were no, we had, yeah. that'll, that'll the, probably get all sliced out. The trash out. cans are under snow, so we can't set them on fire yet. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> we could, we could probably do uh, what we learned. You know what I learned today. Yeah. Go George W. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Nader, you want to start us out? What'd you mm. learn? What'd you learn tonight? You might need to come back. I me. always do go last because it takes me. I forgot about the uh Will? I know the, 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 uh, what you learned. Yeah. Um, what I learned what yeah. I learned what mostly I tonight mm-hmm. was that um I mean I, I think I learned two things. For one, if I need somebody to fix my door, I'm going to look on Craigslist. No. Yeah. Dang it. That was mine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and for two, uh, I think John definitely has a penchant for fishing more than anybody. If I fell into a river and was freezing. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know. No, he's, he's the, the guy next thing I wouldn't be was gotta land a big one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't. So <laughs> not that so, day. Yeah. We well, no. had the pressure yeah. release valve. You not that let, day. Let the water back <laughs> out. I guess. Uh, uh, I learned you got pretty badass tickets to a Talking Heads concert. Um, David Byrne, forty bucks. Mm-hmm. David Byrne, lead singer for Talking Heads. Yeah, that's that's cool. When you chalk it up to what's important to you. Yeah. It's little things, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny. Oh my gosh, I learned a lot. Learned a lot. I did learn a lot. I learned that uh, uh, it is Oregon State law that everyone needs to be wearing a life preserver on Mm -hmm. a uh, on a uh, boat, even on the high lakes. When cruising under five miles per hour. <laughs> on a party boat? On a party boat. Uh, I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> I learned uh, Nate's handyman skills are not what I thought they were. No. He's better with the JavaScript. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, Just doors. That's what I have problems with. Yeah. Yeah. The doors? Another great thing. And I learned True. that uh, while, while Will um, is a uh, very accomplished artist mm-hmm. and very skilled at what he does, he is not allowed within 200 feet of any school. Right. Specifically elementary. <laughs> so. I thought uh, that was over. I thought they was, is, that two, is, it, is, it, is it 2017 <laughs> already? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good, bro. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I also learned if I, wanna, if I need to borrow a hammer, I sh- shouldn't bother calling Will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's build a house. <laughs> Will, uh, we can do it. honestly, there's some dust on the hammer at my house. Yeah. If people want to find gum and find you and, and have them, uh, if if people want to ask you to do a sweet ass skull, deer skull, <laughs> for their podcast mm-hmm. or other uh, uh, business, where do they find you? For sweet ass deer skulls, <laughs> um, I would suggest writing all of your name and information down. And walking into your restroom and flushing it. <laughs> okay. okay. If you want really good looking artwork, yeah. uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm under Will Ask You with one L. Uh, you can get me at Will W I L at W I L A S K E W dot com or hunting hyphen graphics dot com, which is, was shortly going to be redone. So is your name William? Yes. With one L. Well, it's William with two L's, but if you cut it in half and cut it to Will, it's only one L. I'm just curious about the, the whole thing. You got to be different. That I, I know. My name is uh, Keith with a W. <laughs> I've never met a uh, Keith with a W. <laughs> All right, so we got you got your plugs in. We know where to find yeah, you. I think so. I think honestly, I mean, thanks for inviting me out this week this weekend um this was fun i mean i th- i think the highlight of the day for me was the mountain yeah, yeah. you know i mean i love to snowboard yeah. love it um and it's just uh, yeah it's just one of those things i think you know part of the reason that i i really gravitate towards that outdoor community is especially doing that stuff is you will never get on that lift and find somebody with a scowl on your face yeah no yeah, matter what the day is it's good you know? i'm pretty sure <clears throat> yep <laughs> we pissed off. Well, I, by Nate, the time you get down, had one. situation. The only thing Nate, Nate was missing Nader, was a wood Nader, stick coming Nader, out. Nader, of you were probably pissed off about that whole situation, right? Which situation? Going downhill. It, it, well, yeah. As long as I was upright, 
That's fine. Going got downhill some, got some in a little ball. bit of tips and tricks, though. Yeah. yeah. I tried to help yeah. out Nate yeah. a little bit, too. Yeah, you were very helpful today. I appreciate it, Will. No, it's that fine. Was I fun. love it. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that you just do. I don't even think about it when I'm on the board. I just kind of, like I was telling Jake yeah. today, I was like, I just see something. I just charge mm-hmm. it, you know, and I just don't even, th- you, you'll just, well, eventually giant, you get to that point. You're a giant human being. Yeah, you just <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta have no fear you don't on the oh, board yeah. you just really yeah. don't so if anybody's Within out reasons. there that that wants to check out some uh some will's work you can go to the crave.net and our logo was done by mr askew under a lot of guidance um but uh turned out pretty well i like it Looks yeah good. yeah it was Looks pretty good. interesting yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very clever. It was something. It was fun to do because it was to come up with something that was completely different. Yeah. And eye catching, but still mm-hmm. sells what you're trying to do at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yep. You know. So go check it out, and then go see Will's site and uh, request some. Some or yeah. 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 We'll have uh, we'll have the information for Will's. Far yeah. Contact yeah. We'll, in the we'll show get all notes. your information on our website and, and all our. It is. Yeah, enough. <laughs> I only answer if you call after 10 p.m. <laughs> and it's 4.75 a minute. <laughs> That's where we went wrong. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Charge. <laughs>